You're listening to Her, an ongoing conversation for women by women, exploring all things heal, empower, and rise, giving voice to the feminine. This is a podcast where women support women through thought-provoking, authentic, and raw conversations. We provide an uncensored platform for our guests with diverse viewpoints that are not necessarily consistent with the perspectives of your hosts. I'm Elika. I'm Alegria, and we're here to guide this adventure with you. Your voice matters. Let your voices be heard. Today on the Her Podcast, we discuss the responsibility of choosing authentic joy with speaker, author, and coach Lisa Domino White, also known as the Joy Seeker. Now, before you cringe or roll your eyes at the thought of a glossy episode on happiness, let me assure you that we get really real about the surprising challenges of embracing our own joy. We share some of our own uncovered defenses and struggles in accessing that happy place. We also share some of the essential keys that get us to that joyful place, starting with exactly where we are. Elika, Lisa, and I had so much fun exploring this topic together, and we're pretty sure you will too. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the Her Podcast. So happy to have you with us today. Thank you for your time. We have a lot to cover, so we're just going to dive right in. So Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so it's a new year, and we're so happy to be talking to you because you are just a happy, happy person talking about joy and spreading joy. So we want to hear a little bit about you and your mission and some of your if you're willing to share some of your struggles. We've talked before, um, you and I, but Alegria uh, hasn't, so, and neither have our listeners. So tell us a little bit about yourself. My pleasure. So thank you, first of all, for having me. It is such an honor to be on your show. Uh, you know, you're right. I'm all about the joy and I am happy. But what I think some people don't get is I'm happy, but I'm also a mess. And the two are not mutually exclusive. And I think that's where sometimes there's a disconnect. You know, it it occurred to me, gosh, when did it occur to me? About a year ago, I knew I needed to do something because I was talking to a friend and in passing, she said, well, you've just got it all figured out. I said, what are you talking about, girl? She's like, Lisa, you've got your own company. Your kids are amazing. You're the president of the school's PTA. Well, all right. I'm not elected PTA president. Nobody else wanted the job. So let's just clear that up right then and there. (laughs) But she said, you seem to have it all together. And I said, well, yeah, but do you also know that I struggle with anxiety and OCD and fear? And her jaw hit the ground. And it was an aha moment for me because it occurred to me that that right there is the problem. People think that everybody else has got it all figured out and that they don't struggle and everything comes easy and that's why they're happy. I call bull crap because it's a choice. I struggle with OCD and anxiety and have my whole life. And as a kid, had some 
fear around something bad happening to my family or me, and then got the help from a, a therapist as a kid. Fast forward high school and college, everything was fine. Got married, got pregnant, and everything resurfaced. So it's a lifelong battle and challenge, but one that I am not going to take lying down. And it's up to me to improve that situation so I can continue to be who I know I can be, which is a joyful person. So it, it, I, I decided to start being vocal about it to remind people that despite whatever struggles we have, we can still find joy. I love this. And I'm so excited because you still... <laughs> It's so funny. Lisa, I am so excited that you started exactly where you did. My name is Alegria, which means joy. And that's both a blessing and a burden. So um, I'm excited because as soon as I saw that today's interview was on happiness and as much as I have a desire and a commitment to be happy, I immediately felt my defenses go up like, well, you can't be happy all the time. (laughs) I had this defensive reaction and I am just thrilled because you hit the nail on the head. You just started out the gate with exactly where I think happiness is possible. You know, it's acknowledging reality. It's acknowledging responsibility. It's acknowledging choice. And thank you so much for liberating the conversation right there. (laughs) Absolutely. I am not one to mince words when it comes to this because I'm very passionate about it. I feel we don't appreciate ourselves and recognize our own greatness. We're so busy just beating ourselves up and focusing on what we can't do or what others can do better that we forget to acknowledge our awesomeness. And that's my mission is to say, you know what? We've all got struggles. We've all got challenges. So what? So what? Let's acknowledge the joy. And, you know, some people initially, when they hear me talk, say, well, you can't be happy all the time. And what are you supposed to do? Just ignore the, ha- the bad stuff? Of course not. I'm not saying to walk around with your head in the sand, but you can acknowledge something negative. You can acknowledge a situation that stinks and still choose joy. The purpose is not to dwell on it. And that's where I think the sweet spot is acknowledging, accepting, and not dwelling. And that's a choice. And so as somebody who, who struggles with, with this, you can imagine how hard COVID is for me. Bad, 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 because I'm a germaphobe when it comes to my OCD. I feel very, okay, even before COVID, I'm very conscious about germs and other people and space. And I wash my hands a lot. And so when the professionals and the scientists and the doctors told everybody to wash their hands a lot, more. I'm like, you got it. Double down. They were raw. My hands were bleeding. And that's where my mind goes to the extreme because this threat of COVID was real. It wasn't something that I was making up in my mind. So people like me, we are all like, see, told you, danger, danger. It got to the point where I locked my family and me in my house from March until June. I said, we're not, are you kidding? We're not going anywhere. Absolutely not. And I have kids. My kids are 12 and eight. And so it was very difficult for me to see any middle ground. If there's a risk of interacting with people or going into a public space, we're just not going to do it. 
And that's how I lived for three months. And finally, my turning point was my dad and my mom came over on the deck outdoors, 10 feet apart, because if six is recommended, 10 is better. And we're, we're talking and, and I'm very uncomfortable, but I'm like, you know, we're going to have this meeting. And my dad had to pee. I said, you can't come in my house. What are you, crazy? And I could see his face like, you're not serious. And I'm like, you, you can't. You can't come in my house. That's danger. And he left and I cried. And my husband was like, you can't do this anymore. We have to figure out a way to function because this is not something that's going to be over anytime soon. And that was the, the realization that he's right. I got to figure out how to live and how to live and get through the situation in a healthier way for myself and my kids. And that's the journey I've been on. And it's been tough. I, I love this. It just acknowledges, uh, well, one, <laughs> everything that I've experienced in the pandemic on some wow. level, the same, the same concerns and um, degree of seriousness of caution and also wanting to protect the community. So there's so many values and needs there. Um, but I, you know, it's, it occurred to me while you were speaking that the defensiveness when, when folks are, wait a minute, you, you know, you can't be happy all the time, right? Myself included. Cause that was my initial, like, wait a minute, we're going to talk about happiness. And I love to be happy. I love joy. I want to feel it all the time. But my defensiveness of it is all those other needs and feeling like the need to acknowledge and feel the other expressions of life, right? Yes. Sadness, grief, yes. Yes. anger, all the things, all the rage, all the everything, the, you know, the fear, the physical feelings. And, and that's not what we're talking about today. We are talking about managing ourselves to live in joy and tap into joy authentically and really not glossy. And, and I think right. that defensiveness is like, no, no, no. I, I refuse to play into some fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. um, which ignores all the other pieces of ourselves. Yes. And so, um, so yes, I'm excited because we're starting with, with just this is where we are and, and how do we access true authentic joy from where we are? Yes. And I would even, I would even say that it's probably not always pretty. Like joy, I don't think is always pretty. <laughs> You're right. It's not. And, and often it requires us to be very, very intentional. So I created an acronym, which I think would be perfect for your listeners, if I could share it. It's CARE, C-A-R-E. And the C stands for change and the A stands for accept. And this is something that I am so excited about sharing because it exemplifies exactly what I'm talking about. See, changing the things that are your perceived shortcomings that you have to change in order to live the life you want, the happiness that you deserve. For me, those fears when COVID hit and that realization that I wouldn't let my father in my home, that my kids were starting to, I was seeing some isolation type of behaviors that were freaking me out. And I said, all right, I got to figure out how to do something in the middle, being responsible and safe, but not cutting them off completely because it wasn't doing what I wanted to do, which is keep my family healthy. 
the change piece is the thing that you have to change in order to live the life you want. When that moment happened, I realized my fears, that anxiety, I had to change it. I may not be able to fix it completely, which I never will, quite frankly, because that's who I am. It's in my DNA. But I knew I needed to improve it in order to live the life that I wanted for myself and my family. And so I took action. Now that's compared to the A, which is accept. There's a lot of shortcomings about me and about all of us. I mean, everything from I'm not doing great with my fitness to I'm a terrible cook. Are those things keeping me from being the person that I wanna be, from feeling as much joy as I can? If they are, then they have to go into the change category. If they're not, they stay right in that accept and there's no guilt, shame, or feelings of failure around them, pure and simple. So for example, right now, I've gotten, I've done the work, I, I'm trying and I'm working continuously with my therapist. Every week we have virtual calls. I've got my anxiety pretty much under control when it comes to this threat. So now my fears are in the accept category. They're not gone, they'll never be gone, but I can manage them and they're not keeping me from being that person I know I wanna be. My crappy cooking, it is safely into that accept category. Sorry, husband. Sorry, husband. It, it's just there because it's not keeping me from being the joyful person I know I can be. So be, and, and things will flip. I mean, maybe in a month or so, I'll be like, you know what? I got to get my fitness under control. I got to be more active and intentional about it. Then that becomes something that I put into that change category. So it's all about knowing where something belongs because you cannot try to change or fix everything that you think is a perceived shortcoming. You'll burn out. You won't do anything because not everything is a priority. It can't be. Does that resonate? Yeah, definitely. And I'm super eager to hear the, the R and the E of your acronym. You got it. You got <laughs> it. With me as well. So good. I'm just soaking it up. Good. And that's why when, when New Year's resolutions come around, I always bite my tongue a little. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. But what I put out into the universe when the, the calendar turned over to January 1st is, what if we didn't do New Year's resolutions? What if our New Year's resolution is simply to be aware of and acknowledge the awesomeness that's already within us? Why do you have to change something? I mean, if you need to change it in order to be happier, and be that joyful person you know you can be great. But if it's just some arbitrary thing that you're like, yeah, I stink at this, I should do better. No, because it doesn't matter. It's an A, if it goes in the accept. If it's in the accept, don't waste the energy and the resources that you have to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed. I'm a terrible arts and crafts person. I mean, I am, Pinterest is, is ugh, I'm not good at it. And I know that, do I care? I mean, my kids are 12 and eight. They have never gotten one of those homemade decorations or cakes. I buy the cake. I mean, I can't do that stuff. And I'm okay with that. I don't have to be perfect at everything. And neither does anybody else. That's true. So the R, the R is reassess. Now, I believe in bursts of joy. In fact, I wrote a whole book about it called Bursting with Happiness. The idea is that the more bursts of joy we can intentionally incorporate into our lives, the happier lives we have. Because there's so much we can't control. We have to acknowledge and accept a lot of things out there. But what we can control are our bursts of joy. And I define bursts of joy as whatever it is that puts you 
in a positive mindset, makes you smile, or just puts your mind at ease, relaxes you. So whatever it is, music, exercise, um, puzzles, drawing, whatever it is, it's just a matter of being intentional about doing them. And so often we think we know everything there is to know about us. We know what makes us happy, we know the foods we like, and maybe we do. But the R challenges you to reassess that assumption. And I'll give you an example. I was at a friend's house about 10 years ago and, you know, eating the birthday cake because I do love a good cake. And I noticed there was a football game on in the corner of the room. And I am not a football fan. I mean, whatever, you know, not my sport, never had an interest. And I was watching the people respond and interact and connect with each other and get excited. And when the play didn't go their way, they were bummed. And I'm like, that is really interesting. And I noticed a feeling in my gut. I was like, I was interested in what was happening. And I started asking questions and wanting to know more details. And everybody was very kind and helping me understand the game, but probably wanted me to shut up because they were watching the game. But it occurred to me that there was something there. And I challenged it by the next weekend, watching another game at home, just to see, you know, was it a fluke? It was not a fluke and I am all in. I love football. And if you would have told me that before that party, I would have called you crazy because it never occurred to me that it could be possible. And it was an eye-opening experience because, wow, if I had ignored that, if I had just said, oh, whatever, who cares? I would have missed out on a lot of fun. I really would have. It's something silly that brings me joy. During football season, I get excited. I look forward to Monday evenings, Thursday evenings, Sundays, and that's what bursts of joy are all about. Nothing significant, nothing life-changing or life-altering. It's something that makes you feel excited about something. And so it was a lesson to me that maybe I don't know myself as well as I thought, and to also be open to the possibilities of something that you don't think you would like, you might. And so R challenges us to do that, whether unintentionally like the game that I was at the birthday party or intentionally. So if somebody gives you an opportunity to go skiing and you've never been a skier, last time you went was when you were a kid, instead of reactively saying, no, thanks, I'm good. What's the harm in going? You know, what's the harm to say, you know what? I will spend a day skiing. And what's the worst that can happen? Aside from breaking a bone, I, I might have a bad day. I might not enjoy it. At least you know. But the idea of going could give you an experience that you wouldn't have had otherwise. I, this is actually a true story because a friend of mine did it. And she came back and said, what I loved the most was the tranquility and the view and the peace. When I was a kid, she said, I couldn't appreciate that part of it. But now, as an adult in the craziness of life, that part was amazing and was just so joyful. Does, does, does that make you think about some things personally? Uh, I'm thinking about other instances in my life where I've resisted joy um, out of stubbornness or, out, <laughs> or, or maybe not even stubbornness, but just out of, um, I was so committed to the other feelings that I had around the circumstance, you know, that 
that admitting that it was something that wasn't half bad was difficult for me in that moment. So I'm really relating to your football story of being open and being yes. willing to try joy on for a quick minute and see how it feels. Exactly. Maybe I might like it. <laughs> you never know. I mean, we're not the same people we were a year ago, five years ago. We're not even using the same technology. I mean, think about that, how quickly that evolves over time. So it only makes sense that we evolve too. And it can happen without us thinking or realizing it because we're so busy doing life. We just fall into the patterns and the habits. I even try sushi every once in a while just to try to see if I like it. I do not, but that's okay. You know, it's all about trying new things and pushing the boundaries to see what the current version of you will enjoy. Yeah, and for me, it's more about, I struggle a lot with perfectionism <sighs> and fear. Girl. So I, you know, I think about the outcome before it even happens. So how's it going to be the perfect scenario for me to do something like that, you know, for me to actually dive in? So for instance, this podcast, this was a fear, like this is, I was so intimidated mm -hmm. to start the podcast and then I was all in my head. And then because like you talked about being aware, so Mm -hmm. Because I was aware of my patterns, I mm -hmm. stopped myself and I was like, nope, 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 don't think about it. Nope, 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 nope. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. And I talked myself out of that. And we are full speed ahead, Allegria and I, with the Herd Podcast. So that's, a, a, that's an example of where I wanted everything to just be perfect, but it wasn't perfect, yep. but we did it anyway. And we even joked Love about it. it. And we said, you know, we're going to listen like, hundreds of episodes down the road, we're going to look back on the first episode and we're going to laugh about it because yep. we were so scared to get started and we were just all in our head about it. So yeah, yeah fear, fear is a big thing for me. And I have a sign that says, what would you attempt to do if you could not fail? So oh, failure and the fear, yes. you know, that's, that's real. <laughs> I get that so much. I mean, it's, it's, something that I came up with a term to talk about that sometimes good enough really is good enough. And I said that a lot over these past nine months, because I would see friends of mine, fellow parents who were beating themselves up. They would say, I'm failing my kid. This homeschooling is going terribly. They're going to be behind and, and just beating themselves up. And I finally had to say, stop. You are surviving a pandemic. We are doing the best we can right now. And our kids are going to be fine. You have to let go of, of these unrealistic expectations. And sometimes good enough really is good enough. And this is one of those times. And that's how I'm living. And just seeing their, their faces kind of relax to know that we're all doing the best we can. Nobody is excelling. And if they are, great. But most of us are not. And that's just reality right now. And to be okay with that. I also uh, can relate because I, I did release my book recently. It was August. And it took me a good two weeks to pull the trigger. Like it was ready to go. I mean, it was like published, publishing ready and formatted and everything was ready to go. And for two weeks, I sat on it. And I was like, is it good enough? Is it okay? Is it perfect? Should I proof it one more time? At some point, you got to just push go. 
and accept that if you overthink it, you'll never do it. And so I commend you so much for just saying, you know what, it's an experience. I'm going to mess up, but what I have to say is more important and means more to my audience to hear than the idea that it has to be perfect. I'm doing a disservice to people if I don't get this out. And that's what ultimately made me say, I'm doing it. Yeah, I mean, but there's people at every level, right? So no matter where we start, our starting point is shared with others because totally. others are at that same point. So we we attract, you know, our vibe attracts our tribe, right? Because, oh, yes. Because wherever we are, there's a magnetic force. Speaking of magnetics, actually, it was really interesting last night. My, my I have a four going on five-year-old and She's got all kinds of attitude these days um, and sass and joy and she's, she's a bag of fun. So um, she was so resisting pretty much anything that I had to offer her for dinner last night. And, and I heard myself, I was getting impatient and I was like, you know what? You need to just be grateful. I have offered you multiple options here. You need to pick one, but more than that, you need to be grateful. And and so we started talking about gratitude and, and I'd never framed it this way before, but I heard myself tell my daughter, it's not funny how sometimes we just become the conduit. Like yes. we don't even, we don't even know what we're saying, but it's coming through us. And, and I, I said, you know, gratitude's like a magnet. So if you can focus on something and say, thank you and, and be grateful you're going to find that it's going to generate more goodness, you know? So start there. And she's like, well, I'm not always grateful. And I said, I get that. I totally get that because I wrestle with it too, but you can mm -hmm. always find something. And when you start there, I, I, it just, it occurred to me that the, the key to joy and finding joy if you're having trouble, <laughs> and I've known this for a long time, but it really hit me last night, is gratitude. If you can just start with that, that is a 100%. good enough feeling yep. to start generating more. And then you can get even into some science there of the biochemical, you know, things that are happening in our bodies with joy and gratitude is the place that yep. it's like the key. So <laughs> You're exactly right. It, it's the key and you turn that ignition and as you drive down that road of life, you start seeing more examples of it and you start feeling it more deeply. You're a hundred percent right. I love that. Well, it just, it just, I don't know. It came out of left field last night because I wasn't really, you know, I wrestled too in my sure. own ability to maintain and sustain my own joy and my own composure and yeah feelings. And, and, and then this just came out of me to my daughter. And I was like, well, where was that when I needed it? Like, I, I need that key right now. Right. <laughs> did she understand what you were saying? Did she get it? She did. I mean, it was, it was fun to talk about because, nice. because one, because I was hearing myself say things I didn't know I was going to say, and it felt true. It resonated as nice. truth and authentic. And, and I wasn't, being glossy. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm just like in awe of the conversations. I don't remember ever, my kids are like in their 20s. Um, so I don't have little kids, but 
I don't remember ever having those conversations like that, you know, so deep with yeah. your kids. <laughs> I, I, I just remember, you know, the, the voices and I was like, I didn't treat my kids like they were, yeah, you're a little human, you know, and <laughs> you have a brain and you speak up, you know? So I am really like right now, I'm just like amazed with, and, and I know that your daughter is a little sassy and yeah, she's <laughs> we she, see her come across sometimes like, Hey mommy, I want to be part of this. <laughs> <laughs> So when there's another adult in the room, my energy gravitates there because there's this, you know, I don't know, we're, we're peers, you know, we gravitate to our peers, right? Mm -hmm. But I've been solo momming this since mm. she was in my belly. And so yeah. now we're in COVID and in isolation, I don't... I'm not having deep conversations with other adults except on the podcast now, right? <laughs> you know, or at work or, you know, but from the beginning, it's been me and her. Actually, that's the first thing I said to her when I found out I was pregnant. I just put my hand on my belly and I was like, it's me and you. And, and I, so she's always been that human, that little human for right. me. And, and my person that I, whether I'm in the mood or not, we're going to be relating. Uh, <laughs> so. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. That is. Yeah. But you talked about, Alegria, you talked about uh, connecting and supporting uh, each other. And that's something that I know Lisa talks a lot about is connecting, supporting each other through our struggles mm -hmm. um, in order to see that joy, you know? So um, we didn't get to the E yet <laughs> on track, but I'm excited to find out what E is. <laughs> so E is embrace. So whatever it is that you've identified that brings you those bursts of joy, you have to do it. You can't just say, I know that doing um, drawing brings me peace and calm, or I know that watching that show on Netflix excites me because I'm in the middle of binging this series. You have to actually do it. And that's the, the E, is embracing it and double down whenever you can. So in pre-COVID times, I would tell people, you like music? Make sure you listen to music. Oh, and you go to church? Join the choir. Find a way to incorporate whatever it is that brings you those bursts of joy into your life daily and double down when you can. So personally, I'm a huge Barry Manilow fan. I love him. I just adore his music. I think he is just magnificent. And so of course I listen to his music a lot, sing along, good stuff. My kids hate it because they're like, oh, Barry again. I'm like, shush, I love him. But two years ago, I realized that for $10 a year, I can be a part of the Barry Manilow fan club. I am a fan alo people, fan alo. Don't spit out your coffee when I say that. I'm proud of it. But I think it's great. <laughs> I love it. And it's you do silly. You. you do your thing. I'm doing me, baby. And you know, it's silly, but I get a burst of joy when I get my email from Barry every week, which I know is not written by Barry. I'm not silly. But I also get first dibs on his concert schedule when we're not in COVID and I can buy cool Barry swag. It's a little thing, but it brings me joy and I own it and I do it and I make no apologies for it. <laughs> so That's just awesome. being intentional about whatever it is that brings you joy is what the E stands for. I love it. So care. I love that. Change or accept. Something has to go into those two categories and you can always flip it 
between the two, but identifying that if something is an A, you do not feel guilt or shame or failure around it. It's just where it belongs right now. R is that reassess and E is the embrace. Love that. I love it too. <laughs> Yay. I'm so glad. I'm going to put that right on my wall. Care, baby. Care will lead to joy. So when we were talking about how to support others, something else that I'm very passionate about is encouraging people to create bursts of joy for friends, family, and even people you don't know, acquaintances or strangers. I think that is key because it makes us feel joyful when we can create a spirit and a feeling of joy in others. But also it just helps create connections of humankind because right now, dear God, right now, you know, we need this more than ever. And I firmly believe that even if we can just connect on the surface stuff, it's going to help when times are so divided. If I'm out and about and I am picking up a pizza for dinner and I pass somebody else going into the, 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 the restaurant, I'm going to say, oh, you didn't feel like cooking tonight either. You know, or if I see somebody has a Denver Broncos flag in front of their house, I'm going to walk by. And if they're outdoors as well, I'm going to say, could they stink anymore? I mean, really, you know, it's, it's a silly thing, but it's a connection. It's a burst of joy that reminds people that we're going to disagree on a lot of things and that's okay. But at the end of the day, we've got a heck of a lot in common that we can connect on. And so just building the momentum of those innocent, quick, simple moments makes a difference. And then when it comes to our friends and family, that's where we can make the biggest impact. I mean, for friends, when somebody makes a comment in passing that they have a, an important meeting at work next week or maybe a job interview or a doctor's appointment that they're freaked out about, I'll make a note in my calendar and I'll just say, you know, whoever has that appointment on Thursday morning and I'm gonna make a note in my calendar to send a quick text that morning. Hey, I'm thinking about you. I just want you to know, you know, you're on my mind. And it doesn't cost any money. It doesn't take much time, but it's a moment where people can remember that somebody else is thinking of them. So Barry was on a, the Today Show back in April when the lockdown started. And I got 10 different texts from 10 different people. They must have all saw the promo during the commercial that Barry was coming up. And they're all like, Barry's coming up on the Today Show. And I'm like, yes, because I didn't know. I got such a burst of joy from watching him, but also from knowing that people thought of me. I mean, that was whole, that was huge. That was so cool. And then for our family, I mean, I have been doing everything I can to create bursts of joy for my kids during this time. I mean, because I recognize that it is miserable and it is hard. So my daughter, if she, uh, she'll make a comment back in the spring, she said, I sure would like to plant some flowers out in the yard. I ran to that Home Depot so fast to buy that girl flowers. And I am not a green thumb kind of gal, but I did it because I want to bring her a burst of joy, even if it's just for an afternoon or if she's the arts and crafts one in the house. So she loves Michael's. So we do a lot of online ordering from Michael's. They know me now, but what, whatever it takes to, to create that moment for her is going to make me feel that burst of joy. And then my husband, the same thing. I mean, what can I do? The other day, I let him pick out the movie that we were going to watch. We could not be more different, you guys. I mean, the dude is all about elves and magic and sci-fi. And I am not, but I know he is. 
So I, out of the blue, I said, it's up to you, whatever you want. And he picked one of his genre movies and I faked enthusiasm. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I didn't want to give the impression that I was dreading it because that would take away from the joy that I'm giving to that other person. It's more important that I'm there. I'm enthusiastic, supportive, had my popcorn. There were other things to be joyful about, but the fact that it made him happy made me happy in that moment. And so, you know, and, and also it's an R moment. Maybe I'm reassessing my movie genre. Maybe I'll enjoy it. I did not, but that is beside the point. So thinking about how you can create the burst of joy for, for those around us, both friends, family, and even complete strangers. I love that. So I, in, in kind of summarizing those places where we can access joy, I would say that the two that we've discussed today and really resonate are gratitude and service to others yes. or, you know, giving that joy to others. Absolutely. And, and it doesn't have to be anything grandiose with the others. I mean, of course, volunteering and, and doing things to help people in need and, you know, where it's clear that there is a need is, is wonderful. But so often we, we don't do that. We don't act on those impulses just because we're busy with life and that's okay. But it's also a service to try to connect with someone, a human. And, uh, you know, um, during the election cycle, there was somebody I was connecting with on my street, uh, a neighbor I'd never met, but he had a Green Bay Packers sign in his garage. He had his garage open because he was working on his car. And I like the Packers. So I'm like, hey, you know, great. Love me some Aaron Rodgers. Good stuff. Maybe it's their year. And we had a nice chat. I took a few steps past his house and I noticed he had a yard sign for a candidate that I did not support. And I thought a minute and questioned myself, would I have started that conversation with him had I seen that sign first? The answer is a heck yeah, I would have. Heck yeah, because it's all about connecting on things that we can connect on. I'm never gonna change his mind one way or another politically, and I don't care, I'm not gonna try. But that doesn't mean that he and I can't connect on something else to remind him that we are all in this game together of life. And there's more important things than that yard sign. And so I just want to remind people to be intentional about that, especially as tensions are still just so high. Yeah, I really love that messaging. I love that lesson that you just provided us with because there is so much divide right now in the country. So joy is what we need. Yeah, and connection and just seeing each other as humans and that we are on the same team. We're on the human team for crying out loud, yeah. you know? I retook up letter writing, like handwritten curses, nice. not, not typing. I, I love typing. I'm a fast typer, so it's very efficient. But there's something different when you, in the mail, receive that cursive and maybe some stickers and, you know, some scribble and drawing and little hearts or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and, and so I started sending letters. I mean, the holiday every year is kind of when I send out the big, like, okay, everybody gets one. And I didn't necessarily have time to hand write to everybody, but, but throughout the pandemic, I was like, well, I should probably just write some people some letters. Yeah. That's, 
such a joyful thing to receive. I know I love mail, like something says, somebody was thinking of me. Somebody took the time. Somebody sent me something that's outdated. Like that's so retro. It is. (laughs) It's so heartwarming. Yeah, Yeah. I love that that idea. And I want to tell Allegria, so everyone could listen, I was a recipient (gasps) of one of her handwritten (laughs) letters. And I actually put it in my favorite moments a day journal. Oh, (laughs) Allegria. Love it. Yes. And I was, I was, I was touched by it. You know, I I just loved it so much. Plus she accompanied that with a a beautiful picture of her and her daughter. Mermaids. Yeah. So that's what I did for my daughter this summer. Um, You know, usually we spend the summer. I work really hard in the summer as an event planner. It's my season. This year events were off the table by and large. So I had a lot of extra free time. We didn't do a whole lot with that. Well, I didn't have extra free time, but we didn't do a lot with the time that I normally take and carve out of my busy summer schedule to go camping because I didn't want to be at campgrounds with travelers this season. And, And so we did a lot of like not doing anything. And so finding the places of joy and one of them was... This is so quirky and so me, but I definitely um, ordered, you know, in my Facebook feed, I was like, God damn, those mermaid tails, (laughs) they keep keep popping up and they're so cute. So I bought one for her and one for me. I I love it. And I hired one of my um, colleague photographers to do a mommy-daughter mermaid photo shoot on the beach at sunset. Oh. And it was like, my daughter was like, you should have seen the glee in her eyes. You can oh. see it in some of the photos. Like, she was over the moon that we became real mermaids with, the, you know, my long hair and her curly, frizzy hair. And it was so fun. It was so, so fun. And it that gave my daughter and I a burst of joy. And I, think, and I think it rippled out to anyone that received that card. Of course. <laughs> I love did. that so it much. Did. You are a rock star because you, you really thought, what would make her happy? What can I do to bring her a burst of joy? And you did it and you did it like double down, girl. Well done. Quadrupled down. You are a rock star. I was in a tail on the beach for crying out loud. (laughs) Who can say that? How many people can say that? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm getting all types of joy levels right now. Yay. (laughs) From this interview. So I I love it. I love what we're saying, what we're doing. I'm feeling a lot of happiness right now. And I even told Alegria, you know, that this, this was our pandemic project, you know, but it's taken on a life of its own and it's just, there's a lot of momentum and a lot of uh, interest. And so I get a lot of joy and healing from doing this podcast, just talking to you today and to Alegria. This is, this is joy. This is joy for me. And I'm going to enter it into a moment today. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> I am honored. I, I wish I had name. a ma- I wish I had a mermaid tail so I could like show it off. <laughs> They're not that expensive. 
Uh, Lisa, where can our listeners find you? Yes. So go to the website, thejoyseeker.com. You'll find all sorts of goodies. In fact, you'll also find a free download to the five habits that all happy people have that are very easy to start incorporating into your life. Um, I am also on the Instagram at Lisa Domino White, D-I-M-I-N-O, Facebook, same handle. And then my book, Bursting with Happiness, is available on Amazon. You can also find that through my website as well. And you also have a podcast. (gasps) I do have a podcast. It's called Bursting with Happiness, um, just like my book. And I just started it about two months ago, and I am loving it because it's all about the joy, obviously. I talk about how I'm finding joy despite the difficult times that I'm going through and the experiences we're having. But I also have guests on who talk about joy strategies that they use during difficult times, as well as just joy strategies in general. Because I know that just because something works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. I mean, you know, of course people are different. So I want to get as many pieces of the puzzle that could work for everybody listening that I possibly could. And I am having the best time with it. Well, we love you and we thank you so much for being on the Her Podcast. It was such a pleasure. I am just so joyful and so grateful that we've connected and I I can't wait to do it again soon. Thank you. Thank you both. You're wonderful. This was a blast. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe on the platform where you're listening. Your review helps other women find our podcast, expanding the heal, empower, and rise. And please share with other women in your circle. And remember, your voice is your superpower.